Hey, it's Gareth. Hi, it's Justine. And welcome to Ask, Ask Me Who? Who Podcast. And today we're going to talk about a topic that, I mean, like everyone who's listening knows the topic. It's friendships yeah. and death. And death. <laughs> um, Match made in heaven. Yeah, we've decided to combine the two. Um, yeah. And trigger warning, it might get a bit heavy. Might get a bit emotional. So wrap yourself up. Mm-hmm. Make, put on the kettle. Have a glass of wine. Yeah, because we're having wine. <laughs> and we needed to for this one. Before we get into it, I just want to say a few things. I just want to make a speech. What about baby? <laughs> um, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone who shared our podcast, who yeah. got in touch. Um, it was really nice and it really meant a lot to us and we both really appreciated it. How did we first meet? How did we first meet? How did meet? we first meet, Oh my God. I remember, but for the purpose of people <laughs> to know... Um, <laughs> we worked together. That's how we first met. Uh, you were a supervisor in a job that I got a Christmas time position in. Yeah. Um, and we just bonded almost straight away. Being Kulak Huns helped. Um, yeah. And your love of Azealia Banks. Oh God! Before she became Don't really problematic. Mean... Yeah, before she became a racist psychopath. <laughs> I was in the two one two. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I just I fell in love with Justine I had no idea that had anything to do with you loving yeah. me because you were Jenny from the block you yes. know oh yeah that's what um, another friend of ours said is that like I got hired because uh, I was a bit of a howie <laughs> um, which may have been the first time in my life I ever heard that but I um, definitely heard it repeated in my own head since then a lot of times yeah <laughs> yeah that class is system we won't mm-hmm. we won't entertain that right now no honey we have a lot of like similarities in our own personal histories we have yeah. like we have you know absent fathers and daddy issues yeah yeah who doesn't have a daddy issue I know can I get an amen um okay <laughs> why do you like me <laughs> um I what, is, like what me. is it you search for in a friend when you Oh, uh, what is it? I search yeah. for in a friend. Okay, so loyalty is number one. Yeah. Um, it's just a. It might be related to the daddy issues. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I just like I want. I want somebody who's gonna stick around, but also, um, sincerity and like a kind of genuineness. I don't mm. want somebody who's gonna force feed me bullshit. Uh, on top of that, I love smart people, funny people. I just I like to meet a bunch of different people and and have them. And you are just so different and wonderful. So that's why. I I have you as my friend. I'm I'm like is this we own like Brady Liars here? Am I one of your dolls? Yeah. Collected me. Mm-hmm. I collected you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um no, I didn't uh, break you like I broke all the other dolls. <laughs> um You're on the top shelf, babes. <laughs> oh, my head is just so fat right now. Um I think I I love all those compliments. <laughs> Thanks. Um and obviously um, no, but I honestly, I think when I met you, I was like, this is someone who's just gets me. Um, and yeah, you just got me. We so, just got each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why are we doing an episode on friendships? I think for me, friendship is something that's obviously so important and how we survive every day is based on our friendships. Because we couldn't get through anything without our friends. Yeah, well, I think I think we're doing this episode because I think, like you said, like friendships, 
to me, I was always raised with boys come and go, friends are forever. Which yeah. might not necessarily be true, as I've learned, as I've gotten older. Not every friendship can last forever, but it's sort of the kind of mentality I've taken to the heart. Like, I have friends that, I mean, I have friends that are my family, and obviously I've known them my entire life. But I have friends that I've known, technically, since I was four years old. And Do you know what I think it is as well? I When you're younger, you have, like, an ideal version of what a friendship is supposed to be like. Yeah. And it's obviously due to a lot of films and TVs we watch. Like, I was obsessed with Sabrina's friendship with Valerie and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it, was, it wasn't it was even a good example of a friendship. And then I was obsessed with Buffy's friendships and her friendship group. Yeah, that was a real ride or die situation. Mm. Do you find as well, I there is a certain perception when a man and a woman are friends, especially... Yeah, I definitely get that. There's a lot of people who don't think that men and women, like straight men and women, can be friends. Which is odd to me, like, because I mean, like, gay men can be friends and gay women can be friends. But why can't, like, people who could possibly be attracted to each other if they're straight be friends? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think there's pressure there when you're gay on friendships as well. Yeah? Yeah, I think there's assumptions sometimes. um, Especially, like, if you're friends with someone and you know, you're kind of worried that you might be giving the wrong idea or, you know, you don't really know sometimes yeah. when, you're, when you have a, when you meet someone new for the, especially when you're gay, like it's kind of, sometimes it can be a bit like, I'm always really strong on the friendship side of things because I'm, I'm just like, yeah. friends. You're you friends. You've been in a relationship for five years, yeah. so six but nearly? It's, yeah, it's that as well. But I've always been like that, you know what I mean? I've always been more drawn, drawn to like, this is a friend thing. Yeah. Rather than a, you know, because it's I so much simpler. Well. I feel like friendships are so much simpler than relationships. Yes, which is why I've never had a relationship, but I've had a <laughs> lot of friendships. Um, so obviously space dictates a lot of how we interact with people. Do you think that friendships can sometimes develop out of space as well? And I don't oh, mean definitely. like Mars or like Yeah, Venus, you're talking whatever. about like the spaces we occupy yeah. in our day-to-day life. And that's yeah. like, that's how... It, like it's it's what put us in each other's line of sight really mm. was the space that we occupied and I have had lots of friends in lots of different jobs and they were good friends and they're good people but it doesn't always translate to it friendship translate outside, outside of, of it. Yeah, yeah definitely definitely and I think that's the most difficult thing isn't it because once you take work away or school or college you kind of lose that kind of what the glue yeah. that makes you yeah. stick together yeah and the like I mean the ease of frequency of seeing people like, because you're in college and you're in class, presumably not five days a week because you're in college. Um, <laughs> Going with that my head. Yeah. Um, you see people easily without putting any effort in. And it's hard to then make that translate to real life. And when you move on, like one job to the next, one one location to the next. Who was your, like, first, who's your first friend that you remember making my friend Sinead, she like did the road for me. Oh, Sinead with the cans last week. Yeah, Sinead. <laughs> um, she was my first, probably really like, yeah, she was my first best friend. And I remember we got up to so much shit together, like literally pranks on people, um, robbing cans. <laughs> they were going to say know, robbing cars. They were robbing cars. Oh. Um, and... Literally, like, we just got up to such mad shit. And remember, we used to always play, you know, Hocus Pocus? Yeah. We used to always pretend we were the characters from that. Mm-hmm. And I think she always wanted to be Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, nice. The 
the Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sarah Jessica Parker. Come yeah. away with me, children. Yeah. Pipe Piper shit. Whatever, yeah. Um, fly with me. That's where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Frank Sinatra pops into the movie? Uh, what, what, was the, what was the song again? Come, little children. Yeah. yeah. Let's stay And she's singing, right? Um, and. <laughs> I think one year she dressed up as Esmeralda and I dressed up as a hunchback in Notre Dame. That's real cute. That's cute, but also sad. Why is it <laughs> For sad? me, like, no, she was the, just gorgeous. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, she was always a stunner. But um, yeah, so she used to want to be her and we used to argue about all the all the time. You know, we were kids. And we yeah, well, points. like, arguing about which Spice Girl you're yeah. going to be was pretty, yeah. pretty high on my yeah. list of priorities. I met a girl recently that I haven't seen in years. Years um, from Tipperary because he used to spend a lot of summers there. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, <laughs> she said to me, Do you remember we used to play in this like track? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, the track. And she goes, Do you remember what we used to play? And I was like, Yeah, it was Charlie's Angels. And she was like, Yeah, remember we fell out for a week because you wanted to be Cameron Diaz? <laughs> <laughs> so you would the, be such a badass Cameron Diaz. I, I like, bet. Like my chubby little nine year old, eight year old. You were kicking style. people in the face. <laughs> Um, yeah so those kind of childhood friends I think define me and yeah yeah, but that's that's what's great about childhood friends is that I think they do define you yeah like I mean that's I grew up in in my grandmother's house with a bunch of cousins kind of like coming and going before and after school sometimes like I lived with one of them one or two of them for a while and like we're still pretty close to this day like we still well we go swimming every weekend you know and we have a fabulous time and then, like, I live now with another one of my cousins that would have been there all the time. And, like, it's such a nice thing to be able to have those kind of friendships where you don't have to explain things because they already know. Mm. You know, once mm. you've been kind of around the block and you meet new people a lot and then you talk to them and you make new friendships and and then you lose friendships, it's so nice because they're my family that they, they, they don't get a chance to get away from me. Like, they yeah. are stuck with me. <laughs> That's really reassuring. <laughs> I think I realized in my teenage years, your friends can be very much your therapist. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were literally like, yeah, yeah. They were my opens, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I was very much uh, in my teenage years with friendships. Oh, I don't know. I was just so scared all the time when I was a teenager. Yeah, just I was all the time. When I was a kid, as a teenager, I was a bit more ballsy. No, when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Um, the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. I would say from the ages of 13 to 17, I was like, oh God, what am I going to say? And then, then I drank Jack Daniels. So that's changed everything. That changed your life. Yeah. Yeah, in my later teenage years, like, is when I started making, like, large groups of friends. And so it, it became sort of this sort of weird balance between being, like, your really close friends are in the larger group of friends. And then there are other people there and then getting to know them and kind of like being a new person with those people, like being allowed to be just kind of like, or without somebody mentioning something from your past, like every now and then, you know, so that was great. And then I think that came fully into being when, when I reached my twenties. I think there is that time, isn't there? When you, you kind of, when you're coming into being yourself. Yeah. When you might not need those little reminders <laughs> that you used to like, I don't know, shit in a sandbox. <laughs> I, didn't well, I didn't do that. I didn't so. shit in a sandbox, but I'm just saying, like, you know. <laughs> just saying, babes. Or that time you swam nude in a fucking reservoir or something. I, I don't know. Was like, like when I was you know. 22, so it was a yeah. different, different time. 
but you know, you don't want to be reminded of certain things when you're yeah when it, when you meet new people. It's a new start, isn't it? It's a new chapter. Yeah. Um, and then those chapters can be really disappointing. Yes, they can. You know? And that's why you always have to have those pillar friendships. That's why you keep the ones from when you're young. I yeah. have my sad girlos. They're not going anywhere. I won't let yeah. them get yeah. away from me, as I I've previously stated. It's um, hard though to keep people when you're young when you're older you know oh 100 especially when i moved because i moved so much yeah it was hard for me to keep a hold of all those people i still talk to them yeah but i don't you know it's, it's hard it's to not the same open. level of intimacy yeah. that it was and i i'm the same and i like a lot of my friends are still pretty close by like we don't talk the way we used to but that's because we're not the people we used to be yeah you know i'm like i'm not who i was when i was 17 and you know you don't talk about boys the same way or different places in your life which is totally normal like Almost all of my friends from when I'm younger, like kids, long-term relationships, like mortgages, that is the general, like that's their goal. It's a lot of the conversation and it's not something that I can necessarily relate to anymore. So sometimes it's very difficult to kind of like bring who I am to that table. But I mean, that table is always still there. So that's the, that's the amazing part of having people that I've known for so long is that even though I, I can't talk about what, what the fixed income rate is right now. Um, it's it's alright, like they'll forgive me. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss I always kinda of miss knocking on people's houses and like remember there used to be a gang of us that would run up the street and we'd play like hopscotch or hopscotch. I sound like I'm from the nineteen sixties. Um or you know, we we just hang you'd out. Play Chinese Angels. And we'd like hang out until the streetlights came on, you know, yeah. and yeah, and I miss that. I, that's the hardest thing about being this age is that being in your mid twenties, you just can't, you know, pool everyone together and just have. It's such a difficult thing. Yeah. For a few years in my early twenties, my friends weren't in the country, so actually getting people together, there was I think there was a space of like two solid years before we were all in the same room again. Yeah. You know what I mean. And it is real shit that we don't have what we had when we were kids being apart when you're in your 20s. Like, it gets further apart. What was a 40-minute walk was is now actually, like, an eight-hour plane journey. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely changes your dynamic. And that's, like... You know, everyone kind of moves on and does different things, especially... I remember for me, the big jump was... The big realisation was when I went to college. Because everyone that I grew up with, we all went to different colleges, you know? Um, and I might have bumped into someone that went to school with me in that college, but it wasn't, you know, they weren't your close knit yeah. friends. Um, so that was, that was tricky, you know? Yeah. And like, I've always found personally as well, just my own experience. Like, I think when you're growing up and you're watching those kind of shows with like all those like friends and everything else, and they're all glued to each other 24 seven, sex and the sea. Mm-hmm. It's not real. It's not real. You know, and you grow mm-hmm. up like wanting certain, you have a, having expectations. So when you go to college and you, you have no one you know you have to make a whole new set of friends you start from scratch that's really fucking hard it was really hard I went to college in Dunleary which is two bus journeys and a social class away from what I was used to and it was it was so it was like a culture shock and there's no real way of conveying that and there's no easy way of conveying that because it was just like I don't want to say I didn't change but I had to try and find a niche and then I thought I found a niche. Market yourself. <laughs> Market myself. Brand exactly. Justine. Branding before branding because this was like 11 years ago. Um, yeah, I had to try and find my people and then I thought I found my people and I didn't find my people. She doesn't work out. And that kind of hurt as well because 
like college is college is a mental time for making friends. There's a lot of pressure to kind of, you know, find find people, but at the same time you find you end up finding the wrong people. You put your trust in the wrong people. I remember specifically I failed my first year in college and that was because I didn't have friends. And as uh, uh, like that's actually a really like almost not difficult thing to say, but it's all, it is, it's like a taboo it. thing. Like you didn't yeah. have friends, what was wrong with you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's I, I know that's why I failed college. I didn't want to go in. Okay, it was the subjects well, I did a lot of like extra like electives and stuff like that and I wasn't interested in them. Um but I just couldn't I wanted to spend time with the people that were outside of college and Yeah. You no. felt like you were missing out. Yeah. You were, like Yeah. There was always something going on at home. I mean, when I when I dropped out of college, I was in third year. I was nearly finished. I was a year and a half away from finishing. My granddad got real sick and I felt miles away from everything. Like he like he had a stroke. He had a really debilitating stroke. When that happened, like my granddad didn't didn't die for another year after that. But it was like I was out in Dunleary. My family and everything that was going on was in Coolock and I felt so detached and so removed and the friends that I had at the time were not understanding in that way like and it was just it was an awful fucking thing to kind of be in like a class watching a fucking film by Gus Van Sant and paying attention and giving a shit and also trying to read Ulysses that was like suck my dick really was how I felt I, I, I've never even attempted to I think I, I it was an entire course for me was reading Ulysses and I'm telling you now I got a really high mark by reading two chapters so again suck my dick um, yeah sorry <laughs> uh, oh fuck um, I this is something I want to go into again I'm talking about like this is petty drama but it happens and it needs to be addressed mm-hmm. we all have experienced it but I remember when I was in college I got my shit together and I went back and I was like I'm going to do this I'm going to put my head down I'm going to do really well and it just happened I met new people and all of a sudden I had a friendship group and I was making like different like sets of friends and they all kind of came together then and mm-hmm. we had like a little bit of a group going on and this was like the best time for me because like I had like a year of not having friends and you know, that was the worst and it, it was, yeah, yeah, it was tough. And then I had two different groups of friends that from different kind of classes. Yeah. And it was great. But then from I different remember, kind of school classes, not yeah, social classes. Yeah. Two different groups of friends. Two different groups of friends. And then I remember this one group had two people that didn't like each other <laughs> and they both had said stuff about each other and being young and being stupid, people had said it back to other people and... I was probably guilty of it as well, you know, like saying yeah. like this person said this. And yeah, we've all been you there. You do when you're, you're, you're young and you're stupid. Man, you're you're so confused. stupid. Yeah. And it's okay that you were stupid. Don't beat yourself up about it. If you're listening now and you're in your early 20s and you're talking shy, remind yourself you're talking shy and just yeah. don't do it when you're old. And if you're listening now and in your early 30s and remembering back to the times when you used to do that, also don't beat yourself up, yourself up no. about it because... I mean, fuck it, it's long gone now. There's nothing you can do to change it. But I remember these two people eventually got close and I was like, this is great, you know, new dynamic, it's going to be, like, the group's going to be close together. And then those two people, I came out of class one day, you know, top of the world, had all my mates, I was mm-hmm. delighted, going out all the time. You know, I was 16. living, I was, yeah, I was yeah. succeeding in the college dream. 
and then I got a phone call from one of them screaming down the phone at me saying that I've been like spreading all this shit about them oh um, and then my other friend not spreading shit but I'd said something to the other front girl and then anyway it turns out they had both said stuff about each other but they said I said it so I remember I was just in bits I was getting texts from everyone Obviously, I was the black sheep of the group then. Wankers. Because, yeah. But that's what happens, you I know. think, in college. Yeah. Like, people always look for a scapegoat. And, but, that did destroy me then. Another semester was ruined because of, of this friendship. Yeah. Do you know, like, this group of... So, even though I thought those people were loyal. Yeah. Like, I think you need to expect unexpected when it comes to friendship sometimes. Especially when you're younger. When you're younger. And you don't know these people. They're not like... The, yeah. When you, they're not the people you grew up with. So yeah. you don't know... And you might think you know people. Mm. But you have no idea. And now we're back to MTV's Rick World. Or whatever the fuck that was from. You think you know. But you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I know I totally get that. Obviously I get that. I made friends that I believed... Because I was so excited when I got to college to have people who were interested in the exact same things I was interested in. My college course was a real fucking niche motherfucker. Um, um, it was just amazing to me at the time to find people to talk about Veronica Mars with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's sad that like it... The death of a friendship. I mean, it's, it's a like breakup. a breakup. Yeah. yeah. It really is a killer, like... And people, it's not treated the same way as a breakup. It can be so painful and it can, like, it can haunt you for years. Like, there are still moments in my life when I think back to those early college years and I'm just like, ow. <laughs> why was I, why, why did I allow myself to be so hurt by people who just did not give a shit? And then, did, like, and then you second guess yourself and you go around and around in circles and it's so, like, and there's no, like, clear way of processing or dealing with the loss in in the same way there is with a breakup, you know? People aren't supportive in the same way. When the shit hits the fan, if your friends aren't there, if the people that you love aren't there, it's so hard to say goodbye, you know? Yeah. Because you're dealing with something else and then the people that you thought would be there for you aren't there. Yeah. That's, I think, the most difficult thing when it comes to friendships because they are like an extension of your family. They yeah. are a family that you choose and it's difficult everyone has their own things going on but when something major happens in your life and people aren't there it's a real lesson and it's awful and it's not something that I want anyone to experience yeah but it's something that we all have to experience you know mm-hmm. something that we all go through I mean you just have to get over it you don't have a choice yeah I'm realistically like because I've had a strong like a strong group of friends from when I was young like it was easy it was like it was technically easy for me to recover but it stays with you yeah it does and it can consume you as well if you let it mm-hmm. because again these people feel like an extension of who you are whether that's the ego or you know it's totally the, the ego, ego. Well, yeah. like it, I mean everybody does it I think yeah. genuinely I mean for me I had to like I went to a therapist and everything I like I went through the whole shebang after the whole college shit hit the fan um, and I was kind of like struggling to deal with that I went to a therapist <laughs> sorry it's hard to say yeah shouldn't be but I it's did it's not it's, it's, it's just the fucking society we live in it's hard to say it out yeah. loud and not feel judged I know um, and like to be honest with you actually it's a real reflection it wasn't actually a therapist it was a psychiatrist recommended by the doctor it was a free psychiatrist six month wait 
So by the time I got there, you know, I had kind of regrounded myself and I literally, this man was like, so why, why are you here? Why? And I told him my whole story, cried while I was telling them, but I was like, but I think I'm okay now. And he was just kind of like petty drama. He was like looking at me like I had just given him, you know, some sort of teen article from a magazine. I know. And it, then it hurt me more, I think. Like, because, like, the, I shouldn't have been to see a psychiatrist. I maybe should have gone to a psychologist, a counselor, a therapist, somebody, like, somebody who, who's not, who issues. deals with youth issues, or not somebody who, um, sort of thinks of, who, who, whose main thing is medicating people with severe mental health issues, which is what a psychiatrist is most of the time. Yeah. Was that nearly worse than being able to share with someone this sort of friendship trauma? Yeah. And then them not being able to dismiss it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, cause it was like, it was my whole life. Mm. Basically it was, I was living with them. These were people that I lived with who had been my best friends and we'd all like travel to each other's homes and we'd celebrate birthdays together and we'd go, we'd do big Christmas dinners together and everything like that before we broke up for the Christmas. Like it was a huge part of who I was and I felt like I lost it and I didn't know why like and it, to have like to sit across from somebody like my like the the doctor the actual doctor that I went to who referred me to the psychiatrist was great he was a fantastic man he was listened and he was like I can see it's causing a lot of pain he offered me pills and everything I didn't want to take pills then he referred me to somebody who was just like you're not crazy enough for me so goodbye and that is not the kind of thing that I needed no. like and that was what was I was twenty one when that happened so seven years ago hopefully things have come on a bit I know that mental health has been a massive talking point isn't it strange though because that was to do with your college wasn't it your college service no it wasn't my college service it was was my work doctor who referred me to a government psychiatrist (laughs) now yeah when I went back to college I went to see the counsellor after I found out I didn't get my grant and I was kind of like struggling financially and stuff and the counsellor in the college was fantastic okay well that's at least that's something yeah that's something that that was a number of years later and I feel like I don't know if it was because I was older. I realised there was a college counsellor that I could go to. But, um, yeah. Yeah, check that out. Anyone who's listening who's in college, you should. And if you're struggling with fucking friendships like that, man, don't be ashamed to feel as broken up as it can make you Mm. feel. Because it can be a killer. So we were talking before about the friendships that we have when we're growing up and and the the fact that they mould us. Um, now recently Garrett you've you've lost somebody that you were very close to when you were growing up and still when they passed away yeah and, like how do you think that might have affected you now I think what we were talking about toxic friends and all of those people in your life who not all those people um, but the people in your life who cause you stress or cause you to feel uncomfortable or cause you pain and they're supposed to be your friends. I think when something happens to a, to a real friend in your life and someone who you've known since you're young, since you're a child, that's when you realise what friendship is and what all that petty shit does not matter. Do you know, it's not relevant. It's it's just wasted. And like, if you're out there and you have a friend who's going through it or you mightn't appreciate them a lot or whatever I think tell them you love them you know 
give them another hug, squeeze them tighter. <laughs> um, because once you lose that person, it's really difficult to... It's really hard to to grieve a friend. And I never... I never realised how hard it would be until it happened. Yeah. Um, I suppose I should tell the story. So, um, my best friend growing up, I had two of them, Gemma and Amy, when I moved to Calvin. And... Amy was like a big part of a lot of my younger life. She was my. She was at all the big moments in my life. The Debs. Yeah, we went to the Debs together. I invited her to the Debs with me, and she was one of the few people I had at my twenty first because I only had people that were the most important people to me there. Um, and that I did invite other people, but they just didn't show up. Um, but Dicks. the most important people were there, and that was what was so special. Yeah, she was at all the the big moments, you know. And she was someone who would call me up when she was probably the only person. You know, we, we people don't call each other these days, but she was probably the only person that called you. Yeah, yeah. And we both went our separate ways. She went out alone. I went to Dublin, but we were always really close. We'd always ring each other, or you know, we we text, and we had our times where we. You know, those friends and you you can go apart, like that time apart, but you can always be close mm-hmm. and you see each other and it was like, it's just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the hardest thing was when Amy died. So she died in a car crash. So I found out my other friend, Gemma, actually, so the three of us were really close. Gemma had to call me, um, which broke her heart. Yeah. You know, God love her. Like when <laughs> it's your other friend who has to tell you as well, that's part of that like close knit group. Mm-hmm. like it's just it's not nice you know it's it's heartbreaking for everyone involved I think when you let those people go those really toxic bad friends and you just you kind of make room to see the good people in your life mm-hmm. you know you realise that those are the people who will make you stronger yeah um, and help you grow and yeah <laughs> that's the that's the best thing to take from it really yeah but yeah, it's really difficult to talk about. Do you know, it's not easy no, it's not to ever talk easy. about losing a friend. And I think, you know, I've lost family members as well. But when you lose a friend who you're, who is like family, yeah, that is, there's no way you can, it changes you. Like it changes your whole life. Yeah, I don't think I, and, I don't want to even think about it. You know, if there's anyone who's going through it or mightn't, sometimes appreciate what they have in front of them yeah I think they should go 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 grab them and listen to Beyonce and dance around the kitchen yeah and as make as much memories as you can because they're the things you'll be thinking about you know when you don't have that person with you yeah you know and um do you want to talk about Amy <laughs> what she was like as a person yeah um yeah, so, when, like, I think I met Amy when we were about 10 or 11, so I just, she just moved to Calvin, so she was always a year below me, but we were in the same um, primary school together, so basically, we were in the same classroom together, because it was like 5th and 6th class, mm-hmm. and if she was just gassed, like, I remember just got on with her so well straight away, mm-hmm. and even though she was like, I think she was sat like two tables across from me, even though she was in the other class, yeah, Um and I remember like we used to just go out into the, the playground together and I don't know her and Gemma used to do this really weird thing where they'd hide behind sticks and they'd like <laughs> <laughs> love it and ask me could they see me could I, could I see them <laughs> it was really weird 
that when we were teenagers, she was she was such a gas character. Like, I mean, I mean, she probably didn't have people that you know. There were some people you know she, that she didn't like, and if she didn't like you, you know she didn't like you. But if you if you <coughs> were her friend, she was loyal to a T. Yeah. Like, I mean, any little sniff of gossip about you, anyone talking about you, she would be on it. She would shut it down. She yeah. would shut them down. She would let you know she was shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she was always there and. I remember we used to have this really weird thing, me, her and Gemma, where we'd like, <laughs> we'd do really scary shit. So we'd always try and scare ourselves, like it was really bad, you know. <laughs> so remember one time there was a boy that lived up the road and he, he was kind of like one of the lads in school, but we weren't really that close to him. Mm-hmm. We were always like, ah, come over and hang out with us, do you know what I mean? But like, yeah. it was awful. Like we used to like set up traps for him <laughs> so he'd get caught <laughs> so you were cunts we were awful I still remember one time we got this doll my mum had these weird like clown dolls in the house what? I don't know she just (laughs) so this guy was coming over one day and we said right I think it was Gemma and Amy's idea and I just went along with it <laughs> they got one of my mom's dolls. I think one of them had broken the doll. So oh. it was just like, that's it, it's gone now. I was delighted yeah. because I hated the thing. Yeah. Um, well, it's so, a clown doll. Yeah. I don't even know. She doesn't even like clowns. I don't <laughs> know why she had it. Um, so Amy got out my mom's sweet chili sauce. <laughs> I'm really sorry, <laughs> And wrote like a, a dead like note, you know, like she, like a horror <laughs> note with a sweet chili sauce. And uh, <laughs> Like clown's face was smashed in, so there was a little like <laughs> tiny house up the road from my house in Calvin, and it was like a coffin house. Mm. No, it was a coffin house. What's a coffin house? So it was basically where they used to bring make coffins, and I think I don't know whether it was like a. When you say coffin house, do you mean like a like a funeral home? Yeah, but I think it was just where they made the coffin. Okay. I don't know if it was a funeral home. Okay. So it was just a shed, like, and there was a house beside it. <laughs> it <just seemed laughs> like there was no room for bodies there. <laughs> So there was a little cottage beside it and the man had gone away during World War Two or something. I don't know. He just disappeared. Amy decided to leave the note and the clown doll in the house. So we were shitting ourselves coming to the house. The, the, the front door was broken open. There was like a fucking fox running around living in the place. It was it was really weird. And there was like a weird... Have you seen Andy Christ? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I don't think so. But anyway... Um, so she left it on the table with a note. So we were like, right, okay, we went back to the house. So the plan was in place. So he came over. So we were like, we're going to go up to the haunted house. Because, you know, this was the haunted house. Yeah, it definitely um, sounds haunted. Yeah. <laughs> so we went on through the undergrowth to get back in and stuff. And we were like, God, like, looks like someone's been here recently, you know, <laughs> leaving all those little markers. And then we went into the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, God love her. She completely overreacted. She was like, look at that look at the clown and I think he started screaming and <laughs> and with the roars oh, and everything else loads of bats gosh. flew out of the room uh, yeah because it was obviously it was, you know it was a derelict house oh, um, oh and we ran up the road and like you know when you scare each other but you actually start to believe in the lie yeah. believe in the fear and you're like no we're actually terrified yeah um, so that's that's what happened that's um, that is terrifying. That's a terrifying story for me to hear right now. Yeah. Um, so that was what that was what we did. We just kind of <laughs> scared each other and other people. I'm very sad. I didn't um, know Amy. She sounds amazing. She was she was great and mm-hmm. she was obsessed with horror movies. Oh, my favorite um, kind of girl. Yeah. 
and like I mean I remember I was sharing a room with her once and we were it was one of our friends mams and she like had a lot of really you know pretty antiques but they were old like and you know sometimes when things have character and they might look in very Victorian style people mm. kind of get notions in their head that he they're like spooked. yeah yeah so I remember this one time she was convinced that there was someone standing outside the bedroom door like convinced of it yeah. and she kept telling me and we heard footsteps then and I was convinced it was the other people on the other side of the house you know like pretending there was someone outside the door because she was so easily spooked <clears throat> this particular night anyway I had a really bad case of the shit the shit <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> there was no other it. way of There's, saying yeah, it yeah, you, <laughs> you have to say shit. you have the shits so I had to go into the toilet I don't know what I ate it was like a dodgy curry so I don't know what was going on so I went into the toilet and of course I'm like you know trying to furiously yeah, shitting I'm like yeah. throw me the mother <laughs> she's freaking out there's someone outside the door yeah so the next minute she's banging the door she's like let me in let me in I'm like I can't let you in <laughs> she's like I don't care I don't care what we had to do oh, and I let her in and I was like lock the door and she, was like, she was already in the room she was the person I didn't want to come into the toilet um, so yeah that's, that's the <laughs> oh my god that's my favourite story ever oh um, but yeah she was great and yeah yeah you have those fantastic memories I know she sounds like an amazing person she really was and as I said anyone has anyone out there and they love and they have those memories right? and they have those laughs right? just hold on to them tight because you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and I know that's so cliche and everyone says it but but you really don't yeah so, so just go and hug everybody hug everyone hug random people on the streets I used to offer Spread free hugs to people when I was 12 <laughs> you just go up to them on the street like yeah me and my friends at the time used to used to uh, just like be like walking through Temple Bar trying to be weird no I don't know if we were trying to I don't know where we even got it from but we just offered free hugs to people people mostly talking but like they were usually like cute boys or you know just not pervy people not pervy creepy older men just free hugs to cute boys anyway sorry sidetrack I just wanted to add one more thing in there about regrets okay so when it comes to say Amy I have regrets about like little things about like we went to the devs together we didn't get a picture to get we got a picture outside our house but we didn't get a picture at the actual event okay because I was too busy getting drunk yeah and I think she got a picture with someone but I was too busy like I don't know you mean like the, the pose pictures like yeah the boy the ones, yeah, yeah oh god but I know I know but like everyone had to have one um, mm. but I was just too drunk and so like I, those things you do regret so like just make the time if you have the time and stuff's happening you're going to be like I'm going to regret this just do it with them there and then because yeah. you will think oh god like I really would like to have that photo I'd really like to have those you know those little things yeah um, well that's a nice and take a lot of photos I yeah. mean people give out about photos but they're actually amazing they're to amazing have they're amazing to have and do you feel a bit better having like talked about those memories of Amy and the like the yeah. good things that you got yeah. from her and 
the things you'll always just treasure her for. Yeah, it is. And it's nice that I have a lot of like juice on her for the next few Facebook years when I have to write something on the Facebook wall for her birthday. Ah. Because she's always like, quote, really <laughs> Are they keeping the Facebook up? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know how that works. I don't know whether... You can report that they're dead and it becomes an memoriam Facebook page. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully no one does. Yeah. Cause, but it's a way of like sharing her memory with people as well. Yeah. Do you know, so you can go, oh, that was something I heard, but I never was there. And there's the picture or there's the, the mm. discussion, you know, the kind of thing. Like yeah. The stories. And that's, that's what makes it so unique that you, like, we're actually really lucky in that regards, the yeah. generation, that we have all that. Like, we could literally record mm. our entire lives yes. now on camera. Sometimes mm. I think about that. And there's so memories that, there's so many memories that you would forget if not for Facebook. Yeah. You know, there's so many nights you don't want to be reminded of. Some of them you do not want to be reminded of. cringy statuses when you're trying to be all philosophical off stuff. Or the worst ones when you spell things wrong intentionally. I find that really disturbing emotionally for me as an adult to see that shit. To see me spelling right or I-T-E like it's a sacrificial right. It was Facebook. There was no character count. What was I doing? I don't... Just saying, look. I don't know. What you're talking about, I remember I had a status a couple of weeks ago and it was like, when the eye sees the eye. <laughs> the <sun. laughs> oh, wow. Oh. I'm writing the next secret. Oh, yes, honey, please. So what do we want people to take away from this? Um, friendships are very fucking important. Yeah. I say as I fill my wine. Uh, friendships are very important. Um, some of them will last a lifetime. Some of them will not. It's okay when they don't. And it's okay to grieve when they don't. Obviously there's grief when you lose a friend. When you just grow apart or whatever. But then there's actual grief. And I think don't let anyone undermine what you're going through. Whether it's yeah. you're just, you've broken up with a friend. Or you've actually lost them. You know, they're both... They're both painful experiences. They're both painful experiences. Obviously, one is a lot more yeah. difficult. I think that's why friendship is great because you do everything together, but you don't have sex. Yes. And that's all right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's, it's like we've time. often talked about it, like both of us were going to get, you know, maybe we're going to be 40 and okay, we don't actually no, talk I, about it in detail. I, just, I very, very much remember you asking me to be your surrogate and me saying no. And that's the closest when we've did ever. I say this to you? Okay, we were on the shop floor, right? And you were like, you're going to be my surrogate. And I was like, no. Wow. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm sorry, my womb is busy. Somebody told me they were going to be my surrogate. It wasn't me. No, but we've, we've talked about this. Like, if we were actually to live as a couple. <laughs> or, like, to live as, like, not man and wife, but, like, as an actual... If we were to live together, like, we were just, you know, <laughs> fantasised about it. That's not the same <laughs> thing not. at all. No, if we were to live together, it would be like being married and we could, like, do all the things that couples do, but we would have sex with sexual partners. Oh, that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we would, like, be best friends yeah. and have that source of love. Yeah, have a cuddle. Yeah. Tell each other all our secrets. Tell each other all our secrets and whine about our days and yeah. all that sort of stuff with each other because we understand and know each other. But we would be completely different bedrooms, yeah. opposite. Different furnishing. Well, like I was going to say opposite sex, but it would be the same sex, but opposite orientation. Yeah. Yes. Shit. Oh, drink more wine though, because I don't understand. Like I've had nearly a bottle. Yeah, but you know. But I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about AA. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, 
So that's all we have to talk about today because um, emotions are hard for me. Yeah, emotions are really difficult for both of us. Yeah, to... processing yeah. stuff. No, it's gross. Um, but tune in next week and we're going to talk about love. Love? Love. Are we going to talk about love? Love. Uh, yeah. Love. No. And Steam will talk about her hatred for love actually. Oh my god, it's the worst <laughs> film. I won't actually talk about it because it will just be an hour and a half of me talking shit about Andrew Lincoln. Um. Alrighty. So this has been Ask Me Hoop. And I've been super drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Alright, goodbye. Bye. Drink your wine. Drink your wine, cause I can do that now. Pure pressure. You hate my wine. You literally tried it, you're the fuck.